Jodie Abrahams here talking about pre and postnatal nutrition. Um, so I can't remember when we first, we met when? It was with um, Fount Nursery, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because I was doing an event there on on pregnancy. Yeah. A pregnancy morning retreat and you helped me out. With the yoga. With the yoga. Yeah, so that was a was few great. years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And since then we've both had second babies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Almost um, in sync. Almost in sync, <laughs> yeah, just a month between us. And we've had a couple of touch points here and there, and um, which has been really nice to start building that network of professionals. Yeah. Um, so I thought we could talk today about nutrition and how we can use nutrition to support us through pregnancy mm-hmm. and postnatally. Um, I think it's, it's overlooked sometimes yeah. in our society um, and uh, maybe undervalued with the amount of support good nutrition can offer you mm. and offer your body through those yeah, times absolutely yeah no, so I completely agree with that um where should we start maybe first trimester, first trimester. <laughs> the joys of <laughs> yeah. the beige food bit the, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. the beige food bit yeah so so I think the first trimester can be really challenging um for a lot of women because it's when you feel the grottiest yeah um So, you know, morning sickness and um, fatigue and, yeah, just not feeling yourself. Yeah. Um, And I think it can also be the time of, for some women, the highest levels of anxiety. Absolutely. Because of the sort of sense of fragility in that early stage. Um, So that combined with not feeling your best physically and maybe not being able to make the food choices that you ideally would do if yeah. you're feeling well and yeah. just wanting to eat yeah beige stuff yeah that whole kind of period I think we're we are taught to not talk to people about pregnancy within yeah. those first sort of 12 weeks or so so you've got that which already can isolate you mm. um and then you have obviously yeah morning sickness tiredness yeah which makes you feel not yourself. Yeah. Um, and the beige food, like, what? Do you know why we crave? I mean, not everyone. Obviously, have to, everyone has slightly different cravings, but often yeah. that first trimester, it's like toast, potatoes. Yeah. My thing was frozen waffles in the toaster. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, but yeah, yeah, do you know things why? that you might not normally even want to go. Yeah. Now. Like I, I had a complete aversion to anything green. Yes. And you know, as a nutritionist, especially, yeah. I was like, I know I how important that. folate is, and yeah. I was like, if I looked at anything green, I just wanted to bath. And it yeah. Was, yeah. So the one of the kind of theories of the reason is is that your body sort of intuitively is steering you away from anything that could um, cause any sort of upset or sort of contamination so anything um, that could potentially cause you food poisoning or anything that's kind of overly rich so So you're wanting those beiges I mean it's also to do with feeling really knackered and sick you're kind of wanting things that give you a quick release of energy yeah Um, and there's so much going on in that first trimester in terms of the development of the fetus that you are you do need energy you do need those kind of quick that glucose essentially um so yeah those those can be the reasons it's funny isn't it It i mean it makes so much sense like our bodies are so intelligent that our body would be telling us what we do and don't need yeah but i think 
within that first trimester, obviously everything starts to shift and you start to see how your life is going to be changing, which is can be really scary. Yeah. Um, and to then not feel yourself physically as well. And then, I mean, I started eating like a teenager, basically. Yeah. I was getting through like a box of crunchy nut every other day. <laughs> it's like my eldest son has never had any really, you know, sort of standard cereals. They're all like gluten-free and natural. And then <laughs> mum comes home with like a king-size box of crunchy nut. And he was like, oh. What's going on? Can I have some? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's really tricky, but it makes total sense that your body's telling you what it doesn't doesn't need. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I sort of, touched on this that that can be a source of worry you know you want to yeah. be doing the best for your baby and you yeah. want to be giving it all the nutrients and actually yes those are things to be thinking about but in that early phase actually there's I just often think that there's a balance between what those foods are giving you maybe what they're not giving you but also the effect that stress sort of Worrying about it. Worrying about it can have on your body could even be more damaging. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Yeah, trying not to worry too much about it and knowing that it's a temporary phase for most women um, and that you will get through it. Yeah. And that your baby will get what what it needs. What it needs, yeah. Yeah. From um, a supplements point of view, do you think starting supplements from that first trimester is... You know, is that necessary? Is it more common to start in the second trimester? or? So I would say that, you know, you'd ideally be starting before that. So the sort of three months prior to conception. Okay. Ideally, if you're planning a pregnancy, to be supplementing from that point. Okay. Um, So I would say, like, from as soon as you start trying to get pregnant. The reason for that is that you want to be building up your stores. And because also with... um, folate folic acid yeah the um the role i mean it plays lots of different roles in the body and in the development of the fetus we often hear about it being kind of promoted as something that's most relevant in the early stages yeah yeah and that's to prevent um neural tube defects so it does play a role in that early stage but throughout pregnancy it's really important for the growth and development of the fetus for the formation of red blood cells um for dna replication so god it plays lots of different it roles. It is important. <laughs> yeah, it is important. But yeah, I would say ideally prior to pregnancy, you'd be starting with a prenatal supplement. Okay. Um, and there are lots of different ones on the market. Yeah, it can it's be quite overwhelming. quite daunting to choose one. Um, personally, I recommend and have used myself ones that use um, L-methylfolate instead of folic acid. Okay. So that's the kind of... Um, activated form of folate okay. that the body can assimilate and use without it having to go through a kind of uh, conversion process Okay. that some of us don't perform in our bodies as effectively as others. So I think as a, a kind of safety... Yeah, like a fail-safe. Yeah, yeah, that I go with that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, there are lots of different brands on yeah. the market. And if, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I think if you are feeling daunted or unsure it's a good idea to speak to a nutritional therapist yeah about what would work best for you yeah Um, I think it's so um common now you know you you're pregnant you do your tests you go to your GP and then you go to your midwife yeah and there isn't much in between and there's not I mean obviously we have a standardized care package but it doesn't go into 
well, you should start taking X supplement for this or this supplement for that. And it, I think you get the sure start or start for life, or is that just post-pregnancy? There, uh, Yeah, I'm not sure if there is a pregnancy one. No, I, I don't even the, think there is. The There's the postpartum, one, yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously these are really important. They're really important. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so seeing a nutritional therapist yeah. is, yeah. I mean, there are other nutrients to consider as well. So like yeah. vitamin D, for example, especially yeah. like if your pregnancy coincides, the beginning of your pregnancy coincides with moving into winter. Yeah. Or if you're in, in the middle of winter, um, vitamin D supplementation is really important. We tend to all be low in it in this country. In our country, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and it's a good idea to get tested to know what your levels are and what level of supplementation. Can you get tested at your GP? Yes. You just have to request can. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also iron is really important. Sort of iron deficiency anemia is incredibly common in pregnancy because by like the, I can't remember if it's it week 34 or 36, your blood volume has increased by up to 50%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which it is does. massive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, you want to be eating the foods that are going to be providing those nutrients, but also the the prenatal supplement can provide a sort of safety net yeah. for that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> going into sort of the second trimester, third trimester, mm. is there anything that women should be thinking of dietary-wise to help support? Because obviously the baby, I mean, there's so much growth that goes on for the fetus in that first trimester, yeah. and I think we're we're always really shocked to learn that like by the end of 12 weeks your baby can open and close its hand and you know it's yeah. insane it's amazing um which also makes sense as to why you're so tired yeah <laughs> because your body's doing all this incredible work um and then obviously the second third trimester baby's getting beefy mm-hmm. <laughs> um is there anything that we can do nutritionally during those times the the sort of cravings usually start to die off yes um, second trimester, we often have that big rush of energy, so we start to feel like ourselves again a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So you just mentioned all of the sort of physiological sort of development that's going on with the baby and, yeah. know, and being able to open and close their hands, open, yeah. you know, blink. blink their eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, if And also, if you think about what's happening at those stages, your breasts are yes. developing, the breast tissue is developing to yeah. um, be able to produce milk. And yeah your placenta is continuing to to do all of its important work. So you want to make sure that you are eating enough protein because protein is the building block for all tissues and, you know, organs and everything that your your body's producing and growing. Um, So getting enough good quality protein and enough fats as well. You know, also in terms of like the fetal brain development and visual development omega-3 fats are really important so if you do eat fish then eating two portions a week of oily fish and we want to be going for the fish that are lower in have lower levels of contaminants in so the smaller oily fish so things like sardines and anchovies salmon trout and mackerel okay sources um you could also take an omega-3 supplement yeah um now you can take a fish oil or um, an algae oil if you don't eat fish. Yeah, I was about to say, if you're vegetarian or even vegan, yeah. are there other things that we can do to supplement where you would normally get sort of that hit of omegas from fish or perhaps protein from meats? Yeah. How can we support the system 
without those direct hits? And obviously there are ways, but... Yeah, so, you know, in terms of protein and iron, yeah. beans and legumes are going to be your best friends. Okay. <laughs> if, you know, like in terms of getting those nutrients at good levels. So, you know, lentils, chickpeas, mung beans, black beans, all the beans. All the beans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, combining them with some vitamin C in foods, so having some green leafy veg, citrus fruits, um, also thinking about fibre yeah. um, and making sure that, you know, a lot of women experience constipation yeah. in yeah. pregnancy and part of the reason for that is because the increase in progesterone, sort of, progesterone is a relaxing yeah. hormone and yeah. it can relax the peristalsis, so yeah. the movement um, and the contractions of the bowel, which can make transit time slower. So. I you like know, that transit time. Yeah, transit time, yeah. <laughs> Very delicately sort of, put. Yeah, the ladylike way yeah. of talking about constipation. Um, <laughs> I'm going to so, use that. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so having enough fibre from just plenty of fruit and veg and whole grains. Yeah. And, and hydration is really important yeah. too. So yeah. also for energy levels, hydration is a big one because even if we're mildly dehydrated it can have a huge effect on on our sort of cognition yeah and our energy levels and, and baby brain starts early right yeah is baby brain linked to our nutrition because obviously our, our brain function and mood are, can be linked to nutrition and, yeah. and making sure we're getting the right nutrients and stuff like this is totally off piece and not not discussed prior to this podcast but is it linked to our diet is there I mean as yes I mean I think that you know I talked about omega-3 for the, the for the fetus yeah. for fetal brain development but yeah omega-3 is also important for our brains and so we um we need to be making sure that we're not becoming depleted you know the baby's taking, taking its nutrients yeah. from us basically yeah and we want to make sure that that we've got enough left to yeah. use for our own body yeah our bodies to function properly so yeah, I'd say that omega-3 is really important. I think also one thing to bear in mind, and we talked about cravings in the yeah. first trimester, but sugar cravings and kind of um, carb cravings can persist throughout pregnancy and postnatally. Yeah. Um, and what can happen is if our blood sugar spikes and then drops quickly, which tends to happen if we, we're eating lots of refined carbohydrates or sugary foods, that can have an effect on on our brain function too. Yeah. So I would say that the really big ones in terms of baby brain are hydration, omega-3 fats and blood sugar control. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about it, it's just, um, it kind of just comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Yeah. I think my baby brain only just went about two months ago and, and fellas over one now. <laughs> I mean, I think mine is well and truly persisting. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, postnatally you've got sleep disturbances, oh, yeah. if you're breastfeeding, yeah. um, all sorts of things that are going on in your body that can leave you feeling depleted. Yeah, and, and 100%. Tired. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I think just sleep deprivation, not to scare any like, pregnant women or their partners out there, but sleep depri deprivation is real. Yeah. Um, and disturbed sleep as well, not getting those proper sleep cycles in. Um, yes. Yeah, it can knock you sideways. Um, so, in the third trimester, I remember going for a scan actually at Omerton, they now offer that 35, 36 week yes, scan. Yeah. And um, the, the gent who was scanning, 
scanning my belly, said, oh, he looks like a pork chop because we could just see, <laughs> we could just see this like little layer of fat all around him. He oh, was so squidgy. Yeah. Um, so in that third trimester, it's often when we start to feel a bit tireder again yeah. after that second trimester peak. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're, you're getting bigger, your body, mm-hmm. your bump is getting bigger as the baby gets um beefier um or porkier porkier, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was such a relief though to hear that I was like yay he's all fat and happy and squishy in there um is there anything that we should be doing in that sort of final stage of pregnancy to perhaps help us prepare for labor even Mm. or you know make sure that you have good stores of nutrients Mm. to sort of see you through that last last bit because I think a lot of women get to sort of 37 38 weeks and they're like oh god you know I'm knackered and I couldn't possibly get any bigger mm. and then there's often that last that sort of final little yeah spurt. <laughs> yeah that final spurt where you're like oh I really didn't think I could get any yeah. bigger than this but here I am I know it defies all yeah expectations you can't yeah I think one of the things that can be tricky in that final stage is that if you are someone who can feel the the bump moving upwards yeah. and your stomach getting kind of squished. Yes, portion sizes. The portion sizes can be, you just, you can't eat very much. Yeah. So I think eating little and often. Yes, yeah. Not letting yourself get overly hungry in between. So even if you're not feeling super, super hungry, just trying to eat smaller amounts rather than having, waiting until you're really hungry and then eating a big meal. Yeah. Then people can get reflux and heartburn. Yeah. And that can be really uncomfortable. Um, and again, just getting as much sort of energy, dense, good quality food in as you're able to. Yeah. So, you know, if you are able to, um, like, because the weather's getting colder now, things like soups and stews that are actually easier for your body to digest. The foods have been, the, uh, the foods have been broken down by the cooking process. So it's less energy for your body to expend to yeah. assimilate them. Um, those are great. Also, uh, iron can be really important in that last bit because if you are a bit anemic, your energy levels can really take a dip. Yeah. So eating kind of iron-rich foods, yeah. you may need to supplement yeah. if, if that's shown up on blood tests that your yeah. midwife's done. Um, also, another thing I think, I definitely found this, is if you suffer from water retention, um, yeah drinking enough water is really important and that might seem counterintuitive but actually you want to be um flushing the tissues flushing any excess fluids out of the tissues to bring the water retention and the swelling down yeah so water retention it can show in the hands feet ankles yeah face yeah such a delight (laughs) yeah yeah um so yes I think just staying well hydrated and also like in terms of preparing for labor some women want to eat during labor yeah having like kind of pre-made snacks available so like energy balls are great um so you know mixing up like nuts and seeds with some maybe dates or um coconut oil um add a bit of cacao in for a little boost like those sorts of like grabbable things yeah are really handy to have yeah to hand that and aren't no going to overfill you but yeah. give you a quick boost yeah much more preferable than the vending machine right at yes. the hospital yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah definitely your birthing partner will probably appreciate them as well at some yeah, point <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> um cool so 
Let's move on to postpartum. Because mm. I think this is often a stage that is overlooked sort of from all angles, actually. Yeah. We have so much care and so many check-ins throughout pregnancy to yeah. an extent in our sort of standardised health package. And then postnatally, we're sort of signed off at six weeks with yeah. a couple of sideways glances, unless you're one of the lucky few that, you know, have gotten more care than that. Um, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously our bodies need to recover. Yeah. Um, and we've already talked about sleep deprivation. Yeah. I mean, breastfeeding adds a whole different sort of level of energy depletion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do around this time? Let's talk about, so breastfeeding. Yeah. That, I think I read it's 500 calories a day we're burning. Yeah. Around that. Around that, yeah. Um, so your energy requirements increase. Yeah. So you need to be eating enough. Yeah. Um, and ideally you want to be eating, you know, I think similar to the first trimester, those sugar cravings yeah. can really take hold because you want your body needs sort of quick energy sources. So I think in terms of helping to balance those and get the, the, the calories that you need... Going for foods that um, contain some good quality protein and some good fats is really important in terms of satiating your hunger. Um, So they're not just those sort of like quick fix things that then leave you feeling a bit shaky after. I'm so guilty of that. It's really, yeah. For me, it's green and blacks, like a a bar a day. And it, it just, it's that balance between only really having one hand yeah. <laughs> to be able to do anything, not necessarily having the time to prepare, mm-hmm. to prepare good food. Or the headspace. Or the headspace, the clarity. I mean, yeah, it's, it can be quite hard. Yeah. Um, I wish in hindsight that I had prepared some foods and stuck them in the freezer. Yeah. Like banana bread, pre-sliced. Oh, you know, just yeah. stuff like that that you can quickly and easily plonk it in the toaster and it's it's done, but it's healthier than a green and blacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting a it bit should fiber, have been sponsored by them. Yeah. <laughs> and then but then I'd have that massive sugar crash. I'd just be like, Oh my god, Which I just sleep. Awful. It feels horrible. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's I think you've hit the nail on the head about the challenges with it. And you know, ideally, yes, preparing foods that will kind of nourish and satiate you and also support your body to heal in those yes. early weeks. Yeah. So, um, you know, I talked a bit about those sorts of cooked, like, soups and stews and things that have, the foods have already broken down a bit. They're easier to digest. You know, often the digestions, the digestive system can slow again post-birth because mm-hmm. things are kind of moving around and yeah. recalibrating yeah. after the baby's <laughs> yeah. out. Um, so lots of high fiber foods, lots yeah. of vitamin C rich foods. So things like um, dark green leafy veg. If you're making soups or stews, stir them in right at the very end just to wilt them. Yeah. And that will help to retain the most nutrients. Things like sweet potatoes and squash, pumpkins, they're all great for beta carotene, which um, is an antioxidant and will, can support the immune system. So Again, brilliant. which can um, be compromised with little sleep yeah. and um, just the general healing and recovery yeah. that's going on in terms of um sort of meals that are quick and easy to prepare if you haven't been super organized and batch cooked in yeah. advance, i think a slow cooker is a really good investment 
because you can yeah. just bung loads of stuff in there and leave it overnight and then you've got a meal and yeah you, you don't have to do anything yeah 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 it's so true my hu- we've got one my husband uses it all the time yeah i absolutely love it i think they're genius yeah. so you know good way i talked a bit about sort of adding good fats and protein to food you know if you're if you make something for example like a dal or a lentil soup if you add some coconut milk in um Mm. or you know drizzle olive oil on top or add some nuts and seeds at the end yeah those are just ways of bumping up the sort of substantialness of those sorts of meals where you'll be getting extra minerals and and fats and and things like that so I think it's um there's so much there is so much information out there when you look for it but when you're in it when you are postpartum or you're at home with a six-week-old baby Mm. it can actually feel overwhelming to Mm -hmm. have so much information or it's almost too much information to get your head around that you can't then put things into practice yes um so I definitely think having some tips sort of lined up just a few you know like protein fats iron yeah they're pretty consistent needs throughout pregnancy and postpartum yeah um and a few tricks up your sleeve can make the whole process and I think that's so the much tr- it's the little tricks it's the little tweaks and and little additions that you can that you can make that yeah. make a big difference yeah. so you know if all you want to eat is toast <laughs> you know understandable put some like make some scrambled eggs to go on your toast or put some avocado on yeah, your toast get those fats in. just bump it up a bit a bit of almond butter something that's yeah. going to give you some something more filling and more nourishing yeah so it's it's just having those additions in the back of your mind yeah. and and asking for help yes absolutely yeah. you can't you, it's really hard to do it all on your own yeah. and if people are asking you know what they can do to help or saying oh you know those sorts of like um it's almost like a rhetorical question. Like, is there anything I can do to help? And you're like, no, but no, but I actually, actually here's a shopping <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, take yeah. advantage. People Absolutely, want to, and I know. they often don't know how. So yeah, a bit of I, I saw something on Instagram, obviously, the other day, um, and it was an, uh, it was a little extract from a book um, about a woman that had gone round to see her sister after she'd had a baby and she went round with you know a cute teddy bear and a, a little sleep suit as a gift with, did you see it yeah. with the well in, you know feeling like she was being useful and she turned up and scooped the baby up and held the baby yeah. whilst her sister who had just given birth was out making her a cup of tea and getting her bits and bobs to eat and I think and not to make a massive sweeping statement but I think we do have it slightly wrong in our culture Mm -hmm. in that we don't always recognize how much the mother has been through physically emotionally and mentally Mm. Um, and obviously we're so excited to see the baby and and we want to have that snuggle and get that baby smell but actually the most help you can be is to go around and help the mum whether that's make her a cup of tea or one of the amazing mums from my son's school left a bag with a pre-baked lasagna and she'd made like a big batch of green juice and she left it on my doorstep and I was upstairs like she could have knocked you know and I was there but she was like didn't want to disturb you open the door that's your food for a couple of days and I I, I mean especially if we live in big cities that sense of community can often be lost but it's so valuable yeah in that postpartum period especially completely there's two books that I have um 
read that really kind of hammer home that point about the mother's needs. So yeah. the um, the first forty days. Yeah, I knew book, you were going to say that. Which I know, like, it's it's just a great companion, and it, I think even if I read it when I was um, pregnant with my first child, and I kind of bookmarked all the recipes yeah. that I wanted to ask my mum to make. Yeah. <laughs> but also just that thing of like giving yourself permission to not get out of bed, yes. not not feel that you have to be kind of like out there in the park with your new baby, yeah. parading around in the yeah. buggy and, and looking like nothing's happened. Yeah. <laughs> and being like, okay, this is a major thing that's happened. Yeah. I'm going to rest and take it easy and, and not um, feel the pressure. I think the emotional pressure as well of... of people wanting to see the baby and kind of the sort of making those early days public can yeah. feel quite um and and obviously the people who are visiting it it all comes from a place of love but it can Absolutely. feel intrusive sometimes yeah and I think that thing of feeling okay about being protective yeah yeah of yourself and the, your your new family in those yeah. early days is definitely is a good thing we don't want to um I think it's it's so it's it's delicate, isn't it? Because everyone comes with love. Yes. But you don't want to offend. Yeah. Um, so I think I definitely the f- with my eldest son, we had everyone round within twenty four hours of giving birth, yeah. and I went to bed in tears. Yeah. My baby didn't smell like my baby anymore. Yeah. I was knackered, and it was like I I felt quite traumatized mm. in all honesty and. This time around, we did it slightly differently, and I was like, no, nah, I'm having at least a week. Mm-hmm. And I think if we do it again, I'm going to have a bloody month. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. And it's not out of, um, it doesn't, that doesn't come from a bad place. It, it's just recognizing actually my body needs to heal. I need rest. I need to get to know my baby. Yeah. That's, like, that's a relationship that needs that's time it. to build, you know, and, yeah. and establish breastfeeding if that's what you want to do. Or, yeah allow other siblings to get comfortable with this. You know, it's such mm. a big life event. And I think because it's so common and babies are being born, you know, every minute, mm. that it's easy to just carry on. Yeah. But Absolutely. actually, it's, it's huge. It's huge. I think, you know, I I had a similar experience to what you described in with my first, which is where I was out in the park, parading around yeah. a couple of days later. I went to a huge family event when my daughter was a week old. She was passed around yeah. and I, I mean, it was like a physical. Yeah, it's a physical reaction. Pain, actually, yeah. of like that thing of, she wasn't on me and I yeah. found it really difficult. And then I got, I, I think I had that thing that a lot of women have in that first few days um, of just feeling sort of invincible because your hormones are still doing all that crazy stuff yeah. and it's not often until the milk comes in when you kind of can feel a little bit flat or yeah. emotional um but being tricked by that feeling of invincibility everything's fine yeah. everything's normal yeah but you're bleeding yeah you're, you know you're yeah. adjusting every everything's kind of up in the air a bit and yeah um, yeah it takes time it does yeah um yeah, it does. I think in other cultures, they maybe have it slightly more spot on. Kind mm. of they, there's a little bit more um, care that goes in for those early days. But yeah. I do think that the conversations are starting to open up around that here. Yeah. Um, and women are starting to realise that actually it's okay. Especially with the whole idea of bouncing back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to drop that one in at the end. Oh. 
but I think yeah, yeah I think that can really affect women through pregnancy as well and like you were saying the fats are so important mm. um for baby's development for your brain function for your energy levels but if women are feeling that they can't eat fats because they don't want to gain weight mm. or post postnatally all of a sudden starting to watch or restrict what they eat in order mm. to get back to their normal you know yeah. I think it can be so detrimental not just to their physical health but actually to their mental, mental health, health as well you know yeah. um completely I think calorie restricting in those well postnatally in those early days weeks months whether you're breastfeeding or not, yeah. I think supporting your body to heal and to recover, whatever kind of birth you've had, if you've had a vaginal delivery, if you've had a C-section, if you've had an episiotomy, you know, you may have lost a lot of blood, whatever yeah. happened in your birth, um, even if it's the most straightforward birth that you could have hoped for, your body is recovering from pregnancy and, and um, it needs nutrients to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, I, it just makes me feel really sad that the, the focus and the priority is on <coughs> the kind of aesthetic yeah. return to normal. Yeah. There is no return to normal after you've had a baby anyway. No. Everything changes. <laughs> Everything changes. And, and also, I mean, just from your organs can take up to nine months yeah. to find their way back to where they started. It's yeah. like, how are we... It, it seems insane when you consider that on one hand to then expect your outer shell, you know, your abs or your bum or whatever, mm -hmm. to kind of get back to normal within a few months when our insides are still yeah. finding their way back. You just know, like what's you know, like your ribs expand. Yeah, ribs get um, broader. You know that those things affect how your body looks. Yes. and that it's a normal, it's a normal physiological thing that's happened to yeah. make space for a baby. It's yeah. not. Um, it's not a failure of your body no. that's done that. It's it's done the right thing. It's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. I, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, obviously we want women to be a healthy weight. We want, you know, we want to eat things that are nourishing for us. Yeah. But I also think that there's room for um, acceptance and forgiveness if, you know, you do have green and blacks days. Yeah. More green and blacks Every than day. green vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my kind of um, I went through a phase of that. And I think it's okay. Yeah. That's not the norm. It's yeah. It's it's a challenging time. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, to find time to cook, to yeah. find the energy to cook and you do yeah. what you need to do to yeah. get through those Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's changing, isn't it? Your yeah. body's changing your mental and emotional state is changing, your whole life is about to change. Mm -hmm. So we can't expect um, anything really to stay constant, mm. you know, within our control. So just taking that pressure off. Mm. Absolutely. Ride it out. The other book that I actually wanted to mention that I, that I thought of before is The Postnatal Depletion Cure mm. by Dr. Oscar Seralek, I think is how you pronounce his name. But it's a really interesting um, book all about this, the kind of value that we should place on mothers in our society and what he has learned from working with um, women postpartum but yeah. also like years after they've had um, yeah. children to support them to 
kind of be nourished and cared for and you know he looks at everything from sleep to relationships um nutrition the whole the whole spectrum really and I think it's a great book to read you know a lot of it is kind of quite in depth around nutrient requirements and different protocols that he recommends but also it's just about valuing the role of the mother and and supporting mothers to feel to feel the best that they can feel yeah 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 yeah. that's a big one it's so important yeah absolutely um so before we finish up I thought we would quickly talk about um I think we see a lot of extreme sort of diets, like superfoods, mm-hmm. in, <laughs> in um, and, I mean, what what's your take on superfoods and how, you know, I think people put a lot of uh, weight or value into, if you take this, this will happen. If you mm-hmm. drink that, this will happen, you know, what's your two pence? <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I, there are (laughs) loads of foods that can have really positive effects on our health. Yeah. If they're eaten as part of a varied diet. I think the key thing for me is that there's no one food that like holds the magical cure to all ills. That's not how our bodies work. Yeah. They need a range of nutrients. Certainly increasing loads of brightly colored fruit and veg is something that I recommend all of my clients to do. And I think, you know, that's, it's a kind of common sense thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm very hesitant to um, overemphasize the value of like one particular food yeah. over another. Yeah. I remember when I was studying, one of my lecturers said, you know, if we're talking about superfoods and, um, you know, all the nutrients and benefits that foods have, like the apple a day thing, like yeah apples are really apples are superfoods but they're not like as exciting as <laughs> avocados or you know maca or cacao or <laughs> yeah, you know you can't what I charge mean? 10 pounds for exactly. a bag of apples yeah. and I think that's the thing like loads of foods have got benefits but then none of them are miracle workers on yeah. their own and I think yeah it kind of gets into marketing and consumer behavior doesn't it really I think when we start to think about con- uh superfoods yeah and it's how it's it's selling products and yeah. I'm gonna like tail off there because I don't and want to get too political but I think yeah it, it, to an extent uh pushing any one particular supplement or food is is just marketing it's marketing and, and it's seductive and I totally yeah. I get sucked in by it yeah, sometimes yeah, we all you do. know it's it's that thing of this if you take this supplement or you eat this thing every day your skin will clear up yeah. you'll look younger you it's know the fixes yeah and yeah. we want quick fixes of course we do but yeah I unfortunately I don't I don't think it's how it works no and I think variety you know more and more um research is coming out about yeah. the kind of the benefits of variety you know we want as many different phytone chemicals from fruit and veggies we can get in our diet we want different types of fiber that help different kinds of gut bacteria thrive yeah different kinds of antioxidants um different amino acids that build the blocks of protein you know there's there's so much going on in our body yeah it it can't spirulina is not going to do everything (laughs) it can't be simplified (laughs) down to one superfood unfortunately yeah 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 okay and so 
Um, Jojo and I are going to be working together a bit with Nave. Um, she will be on my website if you'd like to contact her. But what's your details right now? So if anyone's listening and they want to look you up. Yeah. So my website is jodieabrahams.com. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is underscore jodieabrahams. My Facebook is Nutrition. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Cool. So if you want to um, contact Jodie, those are all there. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming to speak to me. Thanks for having me.